Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm William. This is the podcast where we talk about everything tabletop RPGs. And today, we're learning how to play Pathfinder 2nd Edition. One, two, three, four. Shout out to Hey, Brian. You don't sound confident. <laughs> I am confident. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm confident I actually really like this new system that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, um, <laughs> thanks. Uh, okay, we have a couple, I guess I should have told you this before we started, but we Maybe. have a couple of things we should address. We're we're still going to make D&D content. Oh, yeah, show. yeah. We're doing two D&D episodes today. I mean, not today for you guys, but today for us. Yeah, and um, <laughs> we're just going to explore new things, and we're going to stay, like we said, we're going to stick to our guns and stay away from the... New releases and things like that. Yeah, um, I'm still not in the mood. Yeah, nor am I. <laughs> yeah. uh, and for our actual play stuff, we have moved away from 5e at this point. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun, and I'm glad that there's so many people in the community trying new things. It's really awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, today, I'm going to try a new thing. Indeed, indeed yeah. you are. Will's been trying it. Yes. So he can teach me to try it. So, Brian, it is time to learn a new system. 5 is a gateway drug <laughs> for better games. It kind of is, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, I got my hands on the core rulebook uh, and Bestiary 1 and 2, which you can see all three books right up there. On YouTube. I think on, yeah, on Check YouTube. us out on yeah, YouTube yeah, yeah. also. And I'm going to be honest, I haven't felt this pumped to go through uh, any TTRPG books since I first cracked open my first D&D Player's Handbook back when I was still... A young lad. I of see. Twenty years old. So young. Um, so young. I was. It was so long ago. Oh, so no. full of life. Um. And like, see, you. I think your first, your first like handbook was five E, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know yeah. if this happened to you, but I remember when I got my hands on four E for the first time and going through the pages, I just had this this inner like awe of like, oh my god, this is gonna be amazing. Like, I can't believe this is a thing that exists because I had never really heard of tabletop RPGs before that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, I was when I got my five E players handbook, I was like, wow, this is orange. 
And then I <laughs> and then it I kept I kept weak. moving past that. Yeah, and it was fine. It was okay. it was it was good. Okay, uh, a lot of crunchy reading in there, and yeah. and I expect more of it in the future. I've adapted. I've I've overcome. Yeah, uh, no, that yeah, part definitely. of my brain that resisted. Right, right. Those uh, <laughs> those things. I think they should have gone with the alternate arc, alternate art player's handbook uh-huh. for five e. Like just across the board. Oh, you mean it's, all the art, all arts? Yes, it's so they are. Much they are. They're crisper. They're cleaner. They're also more mysterious and intriguing. Like, yeah, yeah they're, they're they're they are better. Well, I'm glad you got over the crunch because it's going to get a lot crunchier with Pathfinder Second Edition. Yeah, I would say like it, we always feared it would. Yes, uh, <laughs> nowhere near as crunchy as Pathfinder First Edition. It hits right around where 4E existed, 4E D and D. Yes, I think um, all my hangups about the crunchiness of this system, which I've mentioned in previous episodes multiple times, mm-hmm. is that. That stigma from Pathfinder First Edition. Oh yeah, because uh, that's what <laughs> it's people a I talked to would play. I I do I do understand why people would love Pathfinder First Edition as much as they do, mm-hmm. I, and I think the system deserves the renown it has. Um, but it is not for me. It is not for me. Yeah, that's kind of how I've always felt about <laughs> yeah. it. Is it looks awesome, and people that are into it really love it, and yeah. it's just not for me. Yeah. Now, so so when I was going through these books, specifically the Core Rules book. Um, I got that same feeling I had back when I was going through fourth edition's uh, player's handbook, which was really kind of uh, shocking. I didn't expect that. Okay. Um, but there's a lot of really good good stuff in here. Um, that being said, I have felt a bit overwhelmed with the sheer amount of information, options, and rules. Everything I have absorbed, though, has been really, really solid. Um, I like this system a lot. It has elements reminiscent to fourth edition D&D while still being very similar to D&D, uh, 5e D&D. Um, it is as if 4th edition Dungeons & Dragons and 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons had a baby, but then they put that baby up for adoption, and the Paiser came along and they adopted that baby, and with their superior grasp of mathematics and character customization, they raised that baby far better than those wizards ever could have. <laughs> that is that is how I feel. It's not like you said Paiser. You, you said Paiso. 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 Sorry. It's not Paiso. I need to further enunciate. Um, it's what? Is, is, it not, is it not Paiso? I I was just is it Pais? No, I'm pretty sure it's Paizo. Yeah, I, you tell me. I'm not I, sure. I, you know what? I, I Now you have me doubting myself. Please correct me in the comments. But I'm pretty sure I've heard many people say Paizo. Some people have said that I do this type of thing on purpose to generate YouTube comments. <laughs> he does not. He does not. I don't. He does not. But I'm, it does generate it YouTube comments. It and it is fun to watch. How do you pronounce Paizo? Well, now you said Paizo. You're going to confuse the phone. It, it does say Paizo. Oh, shit. What? I'm going to take a, one dub All for right. this episode. All right, well, I'll continue to call it Paizo, but mm, I don't know if I like that. It's like, oh. where's the W? It's an O at the end. Anyways, we're getting off track. Yeah. Let's talk about actually playing this <laughs> game. So today's episode is going to be an introduction to the system of Pathfinder 2nd Edition. It's only going to be a basic primer. Uh, primarily highlighting the upfront major differences between 5th edition and Pathfinder 2nd edition. Okay. Uh, we will be doing more episodes covering the system and further detailing uh, character creation, uh, running combat, spellcasting, etc. Um, uh, there's there's a lot of Pathfinder 2nd edition content to cover, trust me. That's good to know. Anybody yeah. that's new here, um, you know, we've covered 5e for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so most of our audience is... D and D fifth edition people, and so we're, we're that's why we're framing this episode this way. So if you're here as a Pathfinder fan, uh, I hope that you can enjoy the, that perspective. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so before we get into the differences between the two systems, let's start with the similarities because I think it's really important. Like you said, most of our fans are five E veterans, and this this episode is for you guys. 
Um, the fact of the matter is that simply by being familiar with the 5e D&D rules of play, you are already by default familiar with about 70, maybe 75% of the game of Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Yeah. These games are, in many ways, cut from the same cloth. Uh, both are, of course, fantasy adventure role-playing games where you roll dice to determine outcomes of actions. Uh, you fight monsters, you loot treasure, and you tell a collaborative story while you're at it. Uh, both games use the six ability scores that we're all familiar with. You know, strength, dex, con, charisma, wisdom. Intelligence. Intelligence. Very good. The one I'm lacking in. Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> they yeah, they use D20, uh, the D20 die for most of the rolls. There's target DCs that you have to meet to succeed, armor class, HP, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, so even though diving into this system may appear daunting at first, the truth is if you're already a D&D player slash DM, you're most of the way there from the get-go. Yeah, I think it's worth noting, like, for people <laughs> picking up that book and seeing it in person, it's the, the core rule book is very thick. It's, it's about twice book. as thick as any 5e book yeah, you're used it to. It is 640 pages. It's because it's two books. It is two books, yes. From a 5e perspective. Yeah, from a Although, 5e perspective, it is the Dungeon Master's Guide and Player's Handbook put into one book. Yeah, um, so if anybody ever doubted that Wizards likes money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't have to make three books. Although, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in Wizards Corner here for a second. They, it is tradition, though. And so okay. I think that is a little bit a part of it. To it's make money. <laughs> yes, but also like the three books, the, yeah. the Trinity. No, is, yeah, it, it is, is a like, cool look, and yeah. uh, it is it is looking nice on the bookshelf always. <laughs> so uh, I don't I don't mind it. It makes it less daunting to attack as a newbie mm-hmm. because it's yes. like okay, I'll just read this first book. It's not very. It, big. It's the one that's important to you as a player too. So yeah. it's like I, yeah. you don't have to worry about that other book, right? Well, if you grab that, you're like, holy shit! Yeah, what the fuck? But you don't need everything in there right away. <laughs> no, so that, that's don't. why I brought it up. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the biggest differences that you're going to face when coming from a D and D's perspective. Uh, starting with a pretty big one: uh, everything that you need to play Pathfinder Second Edition is 100 percent free. And I do mean 100%. Every single class, ancestry, heritage, background, every monster, every magic item, every single rule ever written for this system is free for you to use. You do not need to buy any book to get the full experience of Pathfinder 2nd Edition. There is a website that is fully endorsed by Paizo that has a comprehensive compendium of all the things that I just stated. It is called the Archives of Nethys. I will put a link in the description. Um... This literally has everything, and it's for free. And it's everything from every every book they've ever published. The only thing that they do not provide for free is, number one, the lore of the game. So the oh, okay. lore of the world, all that other stuff, if you want that, that those, you do need to pay for those books. Those yeah, that's free. like comic book writing. Uh, yeah. That, that's what I've been equating everything to lately is, mm-hmm. like, it, it feels like it has that kind of continuity in those mainstay characters. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Supplements of the lore for Galerion, that's Pathfinder's default setting, must be purchased to legally obtain. And the adventure modules, which they're called adventure paths in this game, Pathfinder, adventure paths. Yeah. Uh, they're also not free. That being said, everything I've ever heard about the adventure paths is that they are highly touted of being very high quality. Okay. Like, while, uh, and I'm not just trying to kick D&D walls down or anything, but... D&D 5e especially has been noted for its less than stellar modules a lot of the time. Yeah, they're very uh, heavily critiqued in the community yeah, as being or, lackluster. Or or even just polarizing. Yeah, or weird. Like there's a bunch of – there's weird shit in there and then there are like mechanical things that aren't balanced I guess. Right. Especially 
I hear a lot about that um, from Tyranny of Dragons specifically. Well, and that was their first one. Yeah, right? so. it's got a lot of, but they've reprinted it a few times, I'm pretty sure, and eroded some things. And mm. they didn't fix certain things that needed fixing badly, as okay. far as I understand it. I don't know what the specific things are. So it's basically just internet rumors I'm spitting into this microphone right now. <laughs> right, right. Uh, that being said, the reputation of adventure paths are um, sterling. I, I would say very cool. Um, and, and again, and they're not free. These uh, adventure paths could kill a werewolf. They definitely with a single kill. page, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but all monsters, items, rules, and player options for those adventure paths are free, all on Archives of Nethus. Now, I do encourage that if you can buy the books, you should. Paizao makes great products, and they do deserve the support. Plus, the art in them is absolutely fantastic. Um, though very reminiscent of a lot of Pathfinder First Edition art, I, I feel like it's a step in a direction that I prefer. Um, Pathfinder First Edition has a very particular art style, which okay. there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not my cup of tea. This, I think, steps it up quite a bit. The art looks great in these books. Okay, cool. That that <clears throat> actually interests me to yeah, get yeah. to take I a find the art incredibly inspiring when I'm making adventures. So oh, that's, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, but if you aren't sure this is going to be the system for you, you're not ready to commit or not in the position to buy the books or all the books are sold out everywhere you look because of the mass exodus from fifth edition, which that did happen. And uh, it's still kind of happening. Stores, yeah. yeah. Um, you have nothing to worry about. Paizo, Paizao wants you to play their game. Um, that's why it's freely available, which I think is really cool. And yeah. I thought it was super cool. The most important thing for me to say first. Yeah. I, I think that's yeah. Cool. A plus, a plus work. Paizao. Uh, so, everything I've seen from Pai Zhao since the debacle has been, which we're, yeah. I think we're all calling it the debacle. Just at yeah, this point. I think it's it feels like the right word. The debacle. It was a crisis, <laughs> and now that it's mostly in a way past, it's more of a debacle. A diceocalypse. You don't have to throw away your D20s. There's Pathfinder. <laughs> Will's going to be our path daddy. Yeah. There's also other other systems out there. Uh, one that's particularly caught my eye is uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics, which we will do a series on on this show because this shit is awesome. Cool, yeah. But, but back to Pathfinder. Mm -hmm. So let's actually talk about the mechanics of uh, PF2E. Uh, that are different, um, not just the fact that it's all free. Starting with the crown jewel mechanic of the entire system, the three action economy. Okay. So, do you, do you know? Is this something you're familiar with? So, I've only cut my teeth into character creation guided by you, which okay. was very, like, pretty seamless crossover from, from right. 5e, right. I, could, I would say. But then mm -hmm. we did cover this these three like we basic did actions. you're right i remember because that. it's important for when you're building your character yes it's important for both the player and the game master so uh this is pathfinder second edition's claim to fame in game design it is simple effective intuitive and dare i say elegant uh so the way this works is that pretty much anything and everything a character can do in the game is considered to be an action make an attack an action make a skill check an action move your character speed an action and there are four kinds of actions. There is a, a single action action, an activity, which essentially is, is uh, an action that takes multiple actions. To, yeah, to... like arts and crafts. Sure. <laughs> that is an activity. Cut a thing, glue a thing. Yeah, there we go. Mm -hmm. A reaction and a free action. So in combat on each player's turn, you have three actions that you can take. As I just said, most of the things that you can do take a single action to accomplish. And you can use these three actions in any order that you see fit. Move, attack, and then move again. Attack, attack, and attack again. Move, move, move. Um, now, there's a caveat for multiple attacks in that every successive attack or strike action, that's what they're called, you take, there is an increasing penalty to that attack roll. So, first attack, you use all your normal numbers. Okay. Second attack, you use all your normal numbers, but then you apply a negative five to that roll. Oof. And then 
Finally, the third attack, there's a negative 10. Now, there is a lot of class features and stuff that you can use to mitigate that. There's some some rules. For instance, the Ranger, especially a dual-wielding one, is kind of designed to break that and be able to do it anyway to a certain extent. Okay. But for just talking your basics, like, yeah, it's normal, negative 5, negative 10. Gotcha. Um, Still, the three-action economy makes for a much more tactical and flexible combat system, especially when you take into account the many feats, skill actions, and other options Pathfinder provides you with. Uh, one attack, move, and then take cover? No problem. Want to use a demoralized action on your foe with an intimidation check for a bonus to your attack roll? Make your attack and then use your race shield action to increase your AC for the round? Go right ahead. And this really just scratches the surface. Like Those are very basic things you, almost anyone can do. Okay. Uh, I cannot iterate how rewarding this three-action economy is to creative players and how flexible and different every one of your turns can be because of this. Uh, spice up combat a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my biggest complaint about 5e, especially making like a radio show about 5e mechanic yeah. with utilizing 5e mechanics is that combat drags. Combat is boring. It does. Um, I also, I, I, I find... The I so okay, let's go back to fourth edition for a second here because it's similar ish to 5e in that you had a move action, a excuse me, a standard action, and then what was called minor action, okay, which you could basically equate to attack action or yeah. stand or action, bonus action, and movement. That's right? right, I've played that game, right? Yeah, <laughs> so the, the thing about 4e that was cool was you could kind of trade, there was like a um, an exchange rate where you could change trade a minor. For, uh, a movement for two minors. Cool. Okay. Or a standard for two movements. Okay. Or a standard for three minors. Like you could, So you optimize could, your turn based off what is happening. Exactly. And what you, what your personal class character combo is capable of. Cool. Um, five of you can't do that. It's, if you used your bonus action and you don't want to take a standard or a regular action, but you have another bonus action thing that you could do, theoretically, you can't do it because your bonus action slot has been spent. Mm. Um, and I hate that about fifth edition. Yeah, it just it, and I, I'm sure maybe there's some sort of brokenness that could be exploited there. I'm not sure, but it just doesn't feel right. And I think Pathfinder solves this by like, no, everything's action. The order in which you do things is up to you. Right, like skill checks during combat in five E are mm-hmm. like, well, if you want to make a perception check, is that that's not really an action. It's just like something you can like look around as a free action and add a die roll to it mm-hmm. to kind of like it's loose. It's loose. Yeah. Uh, so one of the cool things about Pathfinder um, is there are these things called skill actions. Mm-hmm. So the skills that you're proficient in, you can take feats as you level that give you particular moves or actions you can use the skill on. Okay. Um, and so, you know, you might, you know, sure, maybe I would allow a perception check as a free action. But if you take a, pat- a particular skill that allows you to do more than a normal perception check would do, it there are abilities or, or or actions you can take that actually fit into the three action economy. I like it's that. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Now there are some things that you can do that take more than a single action to complete. Uh, these are called activities and they come in two flavors. Uh, two action activities and three action activities. Okay. Uh, this seems pretty self-explanatory. One takes two actions, the other takes three. <laughs> right. Uh, the most common activity seen in combat uh, that yeah that yeah the most common activity seen in combat is casting a spell activity. Uh, most spells take two or three actions to cast, depending on their power and effect, okay. et cetera, et cetera. Um, reactions, much like 5th edition D&D, are things that you can do in reaction to someone else's action. For example, an attack of opportunity. 
Side note, only characters that take the attack of opportunity feat can actually take an attack of opportunity. Okay. So there are many abilities you can choose as your character levels up that can use a reaction that aren't an attack of opportunity. And I think only the fighter gets attack of opportunity, like, at the get-go. Okay. But a lot of things lack that. So there's actually a lot more movement on the board. Because that's another thing about 5e, and just D&D, that is a little bit lackluster. Is like, once things get locked in melee... It's kind of everything's locked there unless someone really takes a risk to run away and get smacked. Yeah, or sacrifices their their turn economy. Like, right. Uh, disengage. In this game, there isn't any of that unless you're fighting a monster that happens to have it, in which case, you know, that changes things. But um, yeah, but yeah, it locks you in. It locks so you, in, you have yeah. different styles of combat based mm-hmm. on like, because you're right, every D&D combat looks the same on yes, paper. Like, exa- it, yeah. it, you get gridlocked and then it's. You either get, like, tossed away or you teleport, Mm -hmm. and that's how you break. A lot of people aren't going to burn that disengage unless you're the rogue. Mm -hmm. So the rogue has all this freedom, but everybody else is locked in. So Mm -hmm. uh, Pathfinder combat sounds like it could just... Like the default is that freedom, right? And it's it's the the out of the norm thing that that locks it up and changes the way that you have to react to it. That's pretty cool. Um, so finally, there are free actions. Uh, free actions are things so easy, quick to do. They take no action. For example, dropping an item on the ground or yelling a few words, just mm. like Dungeons and Dragons. Cool. Yeah. Let's take a short rest. Okay. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? That's your sign to this year. Finally forget about those run-of-the-mill resolutions and instead start your own New Year's revolution. It's the sound to start selling on Shopify. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're selling giant plates of armor or maybe some handmade dice, Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. Shopify covers every sales channel from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. Packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth, Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand without having to learn all the new skills in design or code. And thanks to 24-7 help, an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step of the way. What's incredible to me about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify is there to empower you with the confidence and control to revolutionize your business. Take your business to the next level. It's your turn to start getting serious about selling and try Shopify today. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. We've returned. Indeed we have. We're fucking back. Indeed we are. And you can't keep us down. No. We'll learn whatever fucking game that is. Yeah. I've learned two. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I'm currently uh, reading oh, up three. on. Uh, yeah, I'm currently reading on how to play Cipher. Yeah, uh, which that's is what, pretty cool. That's what I'm going to move over to. Yeah. Uh, my my 5e campaign is now going to be a Cipher campaign. Um, I just don't have. I'm not getting the time to read like I thought I was, but I'm getting there. Yeah. Um, and it's actually really, it's actually really cool. It's really unique and fun. Um, mm-hmm. and and a good recommend from. Our good friend Dag. Yeah, we'll probably um, cover that system on on this channel too. Just, yeah, uh, uh, that would be basis. fun. Yeah. Um, so if you want to support what we're doing here, you can. Guess how? You already did it. But if you want to give us money, you can do that too. <laughs> it's uh, DungeonCast. Wait, yeah, thedungeoncast.com/slash/patreon, mm-hmm. um, where you can get uh, ad-free early episodes of this show and uh, a bun- a slew of other cool things. Yeah, Go check it out. Live plays over there. Yeah. Original music from some of our live plays over there. Yeah. Um, like cool merch. Yeah, the, cool merch. Leave a little mystery for them. Don't you want to get curious on it? <laughs> Go true. get curious on it. Um, let's continue with Pathfinder. Let's do Lead it. Lead us down the path, Daddy. Path Daddy. <laughs> so next up we have uh, character creation slash character design. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pathfinder 2nd Edition gives players far more options or what you might call choice points than D&D 5e. Um, this makes for much more flexible and customizable character creation. Uh, you can literally build two characters that share a class and ancestry uh, that will still share almost no features in common at all. Right. Um, and it's rather impressive and very fun to tinker with, but allow me to explain further. Mm-hmm. So um, let's talk about 5e for a second. So in 5e, when you build your character, like you choose your race, your class, um, oftentimes your subclass because a lot of times you start at level three because why wouldn't you? Um, and after that, you don't really have a lot of other choices for the rest of your character's arc. You get the stuff that comes from the choices that you made yeah. at the appropriate levels. But the only other choices that you really get to make uh, character creation-wise are those levels four, eight, twelve, 12, um, where you get to choose between an ability score increase or a feat. Right, and sometimes choosing a feat is cool. Oftentimes, mm-hmm. it's not optimal, but it's still cool. 
Uh, Pathfinder's not like that at all. It's You couldn't get more opposite. So, at character creation, we're going to start at the beginning. We'll just go through it. At character creation, players can choose their character's ancestry. Uh, and that ancestry-specific heritage, it's kind of like a, a sub-race in a way. Mm-hmm. A little different, but mostly the same. A background and a class. And these choices matter for more than the obvious reasons. Each of these choices grants you what are called ability boosts. Uh, ability boosts are plus two points that you get to add to a specified ability score. Uh, You usually get two boosts per choice, one you can assign to any of the six ability scores, and one you choose from um, usually an option or two. Okay. Um, For example, choosing the gladiator background gives you a free ability boost of your choice and one ability boost to either strength or charisma. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm remembering. I'm remembering now. So you get these ability boosts along with a minor feature or two, uh, but the one... But one of the most important things is that each of these choices grants you access to feats of that category. Being an elf gives you access to elf feats. Being a fighter gives you access to fighter feats and so on. There are also general feats and skill feats. And feats are tied to almost everything a character can do in this game. As you level, you get to choose from these many feats to modularly build and customize your character. And this happens every single level. So one of the things, uh, I kind of talked about this already, but one of the things I like about this that I haven't seen talked about anywhere else is how unlike 5e D&D, where your choice of race and skill proficiencies is relevant only at level one for the most part, in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, these choices remain relevant throughout character advancement. Yeah, from like a scaling? Is that, so I noticed some of them do have scaling. Yes, them, right? there's yeah. A, yeah, a lot of stuff has the built-in scaling, which you need. But, you know, like, okay, so th- from levels 1 to 20, you will pick up four uh, ancestry feats or racial feats if you're thinking in D and D terms. Right. Um, that means that the race that you pick at the beginning, it's going to matter again at level four and level nine and level eleven. Yeah, from that um, unique pool of feats. Yeah, you were exactly. Yeah, and it's also why like an el- you could build two elf fighters that pick completely different uh, elf feats, you know, throughout their advancement and pick completely different fighter feats through their advancement, and so the two characters don't look anything alike. Yeah, it's like um, building those two characters can be from the same village with similar backstories and mm-hmm. end up completely different. Exactly, yes. Um, uh, you can really lean into your ancestry and be super elfy, and you can gain abilities based on your skill proficiencies. That's, uh, that's the same thing as like the skills that you're trained in. Um, you get to pick feats based off those too. So like, if you're trained in intimidation, you get access to the feats that people who are not trained in intimidation do not get, mm, okay. which is very, very interesting. Um, other characters don't get because uh, they show different skills, things like intimidating glare, quick jump, arcane sense, or fascinating performance. And class feats vary wildly enough that two characters of the same class can diverge pretty wildly from each other. Adding to this, Pathfinder also introduces multi-classing through feats in a pretty effective manner. It's actually incredibly similar to 4th edition's D&D multi-classing. Excuse me. But instead of being absolutely useless, <laughs> which for a multi-classing, it's not useless. It's just for a multi-classing is absolutely useless unless you really, really know the system okay. and how to exploit it. And I then see. even then, it's kind of just like... Mm, it sounds like a lot of work for something that's like... Mm, almost of, like they don't want you to do that. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And this is it's actually not like that at all for Pathfinder. Uh, so instead of being absolutely useless, except for in very specific cases, it's actually really effective at honing in on specific ter- character concepts. Um, I, for example, just built an Elven Fae Paladin with an overt winter theme the other day through this method, and it worked really well. That's cool. I mean, there are ways to do that in D&D, but... 
Yeah, um, there are. It, it's kind of like, you know, you want a winter elf, you probably pick a Ladrin, right, and go with one of those seasonal ones. Yeah, that's that's that you. That's how I would probably do if you want to do strictly rules as wit written. That's one way to do it. And then yeah. it ends. It kind of ends there, though. And you, yeah, and you, then you kind of reflavor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. you in D and D, you can get into like I magically know this thing that I'm getting, mm-hmm. and it doesn't make any sense for me to like become awesome at this right now. But I I got it. So right, right. That, I always thought that was weird. This is kind of more like you you can only get this result because you're trained. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. Like exactly. it's following a progression that that is, you know, logical. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I don't know if I, I wrote about it in this particular script, but another interesting thing about skills in this game is there are levels of proficiency. So um, in D&D 5e, when you're training something, you're just proficient in it, and that's the end of that. Well, unless you're an expert in it. Unless you're an expert in it. So in Pathfinder, there are four levels of being proficient. There is trained, and then there's expert. And then there's master. And finally, there's legend. And as you move your skills, the ones that you choose to do this to, through this, they get far superior to your comrades. Um, For example, I think the paladin is, or it's not called the paladin in Pathfinder, it's called the champion, is the only class in the game so far that I've I've read that actually makes it to legendary in armor proficiency. So their AC, it, it outstrips almost any other class out there. Cool. Um, there's a lot of cool little things like that. Okay. Uh, next up, let's talk about critical hits. So crits work a bit differently in Pathfinder. And I'm going to be honest, I actually really like it. I actually really like it a lot. If I ever do find myself playing D&D again, uh, in whatever capacity that might look like, um, this might be something that I will try and port o- back over because nice. I think it's pretty cool. So instead of critting by rolling a natural 20 on a D20, Pathfinder has degrees of success and failures. Um, if you roll to attempt something like, say, attack or make a saving throw, uh, and you meet or exceed the target number, you have a success. But if you exceed that target number by 10 or more, it is considered a critical success. I did see that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So if a goblin has a 12 AC and you roll a 22 or more in your attack, you just got a critical hit. Nice. Um, damage. So two ways to crit. Two ways to crit. Exactly. Uh, damage for critical successes on attacks are simple. You roll your damage and multiply it by two. Uh, but wait, there's more. <laughs> Depending on the weapon or spell that you use, there may be extra cool stuff on top of that. For example, a longbow, just regular old longbow in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, has what is called the deadly D10 quality. And so when you're picking your weapons, it's actually important to look at all these little taglines because they mean stuff. Okay. Um, this deadly D10 quality that makes it so crits with a longbow not only do that double damage, but they do an extra 1D10 on top of everything else. Okay, so you get your crit damage, and then the deadly D10 mm. applies afterwards. Exactly. So I take it when you see the weapon, it'll be tagged with deadly yeah, D10. So all, yeah, all the weapons have different tags, and there's right. all kinds of cool tags. For instance... Um, there is a tag called Agile. If the weapon is considered Agile, remember that um, that attack penalty we were talking about, that negative 5 and negative 10? Mm-hmm. It's reduced naturally to a negative uh, 4 and a negative 8. That's cool. Which, yeah. which actually makes it, it matters. Yes, and uh, that's another thing. There's about only this game. 20 numbers. Yeah. Um, but because of this whole crit system, the plus 1s and plus 2s matter a lot because every increment of 1 that you can add to your role is not just one increment closer to a success. It's one increment closer to a critical. Right, which you obviously want to do. Mm-hmm. It's yes. fun. In, in Cypher, you get to crit on 19 and 20, which in a way is sort of similar, like two ways to crit. Two ways to crit, like, yeah. But... that. Um, so in Pathfinder 1st Edition and uh, D&D 3rd and 3.5, 
weapons had crit ranges. As a matter of fact, I think they might have them in this game too, but I don't remember. But the crit ranges uh, usually were 19 or 20 right, or 18 yeah. to 20. Um, right. That, and in, in 5e, you get like features for characters that do that instead. Like it's champion, basically only the just fighter. a champion yeah, fighter. Yeah. Champion <laughs> fighter yeah. um, so critical failures work in the same way, but in reverse. If you roll... Uh, if you fail a roll by 10 or more, it's a critical failure. Negative stuff can definitely happen depending on what you're rolling for. This applies mostly for making saving throws against spells or spell-like effects. and can range from extra damage to much more severe dis disabling effects. Mm. Uh, lastly, rolling 20s and 1s does still mean something. If you roll a 20 on an attack, spell attack or saving throw, or skill check, it increases the success bracket of your roll. So if a natural 20 makes the role that you rolled a success, it now becomes a critical success. Ooh, okay. And if it would be a miss, it is instead a success. So if you're fighting something you have no business fighting, um, that you cannot hit this thing's AC, if you roll a 20, well, now you hit it. Okay. Um, the same works in reverse for uh, natural one. I see. All right. So next up, let's talk about dying. <laughs> okay. So there's, uh, there's dying, and then there's the wounded con condition, and they're very tied to each other yeah so when your character is knocked to zero hp they are unconscious and they are now dying and mm. this is a condition uh to be precise they are what is called dying one <laughs> <laughs> you must now make a recovery check at the start of your turn failing this check increases your dying one to dying two Wow. <laughs> if you reach dying four, your character dies. The sequel to dying. Yes. Okay. The DC for a recovery check is 10 plus your dying level. So as you fail, it gets harder to succeed. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. First it's an 11. Now it's a 12. Then it's a 13. Um, <laughs> so being attacked and hit while dying increases your dying condition by one as well. Succeeding at a recovery check removes the dying condition, but you remain unconscious until you're healed. You also gain what's called the wounded one condition. Being wounded means that you are now more susceptible to dying. If you gain the dying condition again, uh, increase the number of that condition by your wounded condition uh, number. So every successive time you recover from dying, your wounded condition increases by one, and every time you start dying again, it gets increased. That's so, fucking funny. So you, can, you can't drop and get back up over and over again. The third time, now you just instant die. I had a game where this happened where mm -hmm. I had uh, like, a, like a big enemy uh, flanked on either side, mm -hmm. and there was an invisible healer running between the two characters and upping them while yeah. the bad guy turned around. It downed him like four times. It was like, dude... I'm trying to Deus Ex Machina here. Like, let <laughs> these guys go down, and um, right, and yeah, they just kept getting up, and I I kept having to explain, like, yeah, that giant axe wound just fucking is gone. I guess. Yeah, see, like, it doesn't. It kind of doesn't make sense. Yeah, I remember running into this issue only very, very slightly, uh, with the the battle on Zovra in Supergrass Saga. Oh, okay. Where uh, you guys were going down, and I, was it Percy or Sebastian that that ended up getting up two or three times? Oh and yeah, it didn't bug me at the time because you know it worked out fine. Actually, I loved that episode, but but like with this system, there would have been a little bit more nuance to that going on. That's true, yeah, because it can happen. It, yeah, it, obviously, like we said, we both have an example of it. Um, check out our actual play campaign, Super Quest Saga. It is complete in its entirety <laughs> yes. on YouTube and our pod and its own podcast mm -hmm. feed. Mm -hmm. um, we are currently playing F Bats on the podcast feed, mm -hmm. so people that are asking me about it on YouTube. Sorry, it's not on YouTube. It's not on YouTube. Not there on was YouTube. one episode on YouTube. I've, that I've was hit. a long time. I forgot it we did that. It was four years ago, and yeah. I've hidden it. 
So oh, okay. probably yeah. probably it shouldn't movie. be there anymore. Because um, uh, it's like right in the middle of the story. Also, it was like a bait to get people to. Oh, okay, like, dude, you want to listen to this? You can check it out on Patreon. Like, you know, it's a cool episode. I did sound work for it. Yeah, um, and we're all, we're also working on the the campaign setting book for Super Quest Saga called uh, Star Seekers Got a Dragon Star. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, since it came up, and people probably <clears> I'm not yeah. sure if you know, it is a five E campaign. We didn't yeah. know. Yeah. We didn't fucking know. <laughs> I mean, I'm still fine with it being yeah. a five yeah. campaign. Like, also, like, just a bad I guess, because I, I haven't said this on the show. Like, I'm not going to just never play five e again. Will I play? Am I playing five e now? No. Do I plan on playing five e for the rest of the year? Probably not. I know I have a five e group, and they were like, "Are we gonna keep playing?" You're like really pissed, and I'm like, "Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll keep playing. I'm not trying to teach you guys fucking Pathfinder." Like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's fine. We're in the privacy of our own home. We exactly. already bought the books. Like, yeah. I'm not mad at any. I'm not upset or angry with anybody that wants to keep playing five e. No. It mainly affects third party creators and pe- people like yeah. us. Like the regular player, this this can probably you can probably just go about your business. But we prefer that like we. I saw what the community did. I know you guys are also passionate about what happened, even as just players. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's awesome. Um, but will I play 5e d and again? Yeah, probably. I'm sure someday. Somebody, somebody's going to be like, hey, I'm running a game. Do you got time? I'm like, you know what? That sounds like fun. I will join. Yeah, yeah. Um, but n- maybe, maybe not right now. So back to Pathfinder and yeah. being wounded and dying and stuff. It's a weird um, secular take on death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So a critical success. I think I covered this paragraph. No, I think that's where we were. You were we were yeah. talking about increasing um... Yeah. And yeah, so we finished that. A critical critical success on a dying recovery check decreases the dying counter by two. Critical failure increases it by two. Being healed immediately removes the dying condition and the character heals from zero HP. Um now is healing the same in Pathfinder where you can heal with like magic or an item? Yes, and yes, that is true. You do like um, a medicine check to stabilize. Uh, is that more I like believe heal? that's true too. I I'd have to recheck that. Um, there is also a, a skill a skill feat you can take called battle medicine, which allows I saw you that. To, I almost took that. Right? It's a good one to take. Yeah, um, where you could use a medicine check to use the treat wounds uh, ability, mm-hmm. which is one of the main ways to heal outside of like spells okay uh, which we're going to get into uh in just one second one thing i want to add though is once you have the wounded condition i believe you don't lose it until you treat wounds Mm. so like if you don't have time because it takes time to treat wounds uh and you get into another fight you're still wounded too even if you get held all the way up to max hp you're still wounded too you carry that condition with you okay um but moving on let's talk about resting and treating wounds ability okay so there are no short and long rests in Pathfinder. There is only resting, which is not nearly as effective in comparison to D&D 5e. Basically, once every 24 hours, you may rest for an 8-hour period. After this period, you regain HP equal to your con modifier times your character level. So level 3, let's say you have a 2 mod, it's 2 times 3. Yay, you got 6 HP after a long night's sleep. Wow, yeah. <laughs> that, well, that just makes a lot more fucking sense. It though. does. Yeah. It does. Um and it lends itself to a little bit more gritty realism. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is not a ton of HP, obviously. Now, okay, maybe you have an awesome con of four and you're level five and so you regain 20. That's still not bad, but it's not not a ton. Right, yeah. I think the idea is that you can put out a ton of damage in D&D and then heal it quickly by the next adventure. <laughs> it's like more of a, a game, lend a game mechanics than realism. Yeah, yeah. So, um, don't worry. There's still good news. You have an ability called Treat Wounds. So you can spend 10 minutes treating a living creature, yourself included, 
Uh, once done, the creature is immune to this ability for the hour so, for an hour, so you can't spam it. Okay. If you use it, you can't use it again for an hour. Um, you make a medicine check. The DC is usually around 15, but it can vary, obviously. Mm-hmm. On a success, 2d8 hit points. <clears throat> 2d8 hit points a heal plus the wounded condition gets removed. Yay. Um, a crit is double 48 HP plus wounded uh, removed. And furthermore, being an expert master or legend in medicine increases this healing even more. So having somebody who knows this shit is <laughs> yeah. very, very important for your party. Yeah. Can you imagine like I, this? Those <coughs> there are those shows or stories or whatever where like the main character has to fucking like sew themselves back up yeah that yeah. shit oh i don't know yeah. if i'd ever be able it's to fucking do that yeah just let yeah. me just do a mini stab on myself real quick know, i've never right? like yeah. i've sewn before but i i've never sewn flesh yeah neither have i <laughs> yikes <laughs> i thought maybe you had no i've never i've never had to stitch anything i oh, mean that's, that's cool. never been in any of my my various trainings that i've had <laughs> <laughs> um so uh last up uh, there are just the many, many actions of the game. This game has rules for almost any action that you could possibly think of. I think there are a total of 40-plus actions with written rules you can take. Um, it's honestly way too much to get into the details, but I did make a list of the most, like, very obviously useful in combat ones. Mm. You know, aid, which is a way of helping a person do a thing. Um, demoralize, which is going to bring down the creature that you're aiming to you know that you're doing this to their ec by at least one depending on like your skills right okay um step which is like uh so i guess yeah they don't have this in fifth edition so back in previous editions you had either what was called a five foot step or a shift where if you were in melee combat and you wanted to avoid opportunity attack you could shift five feet over okay and you, you won't suffer opportunity attack but that's as far as you could go with that action uh they have the same thing here it's called step um, you could take cover, raise your shield, recall knowledge, grapple, shove, trip, disarm, faint. Like you could do all these different things. Neat. Um, and they just take an action. So you can do them and still attack and still move. Like it, you know, I just think that's really cool. Yeah. Battlemaster sounds like so much more fun in this system than it does. Yeah. In yeah. Definitely. Um, and all these things have like more advanced versions that you get access to if you take skill feats into them like demoralize is the one i'm most familiar with because i built a champion with high charisma so you know at level i think it was two or three i was grabbing intimidating glare because it basically made it so that normally when you demoralize somebody you need they need to understand the language because you're you're talking shit right right yeah uh but when you take intimidating glare now you don't have to share a language because you just do it with your stare you just fucking give them the body language yeah exactly and that works because like oh there's gonna be a lot of monsters that don't understand any language so this works on them. Like it's ah, very it useful. Mad as shit. Yeah, it's just ah. like you know. Yeah, I'm gonna move up. I'm gonna demoralize them with an intimidating glare, and then I'm gonna smack them in the face with my longsword. It's gonna be great. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I guess there's one thing I could add. Um, I don't know why I didn't include it in the script. So in Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition, I counted it up, and I think there was something like 18 conditions in the game. You know, poison, paralyzed, restrained, all that other stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know. I guess cynically speaking, you could look at it and be like, honestly, they're all just various um, variations of being at disadvantage or having advantage. It's really right, what they come yeah, down to. True. So in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, there's literally 45 conditions. <laughs> mm, and <that's> <laughs> they all do different things. It's a lot. They do a lot of different things. And I don't think anyone is expected to memorize them. There's a lot of really cool cheat sheets out there that I've seen. Um, I have one ready for you guys for the Unhallowed campaign. 
Um, but the thing is, they do come up. And it's a good thing that they come up because I like that the monsters in this game seem to have a lot more bite to them. Like, things are scarier in this game. And I, I kind of like that mm-hmm. for, for my campaigns. Um, so this this system has been a really good fit for me. Yeah, if you don't know how to manipulate 5e and you go with what their CRs and stuff like oh, that, yeah, it's, it's a just, fucking walk through the park, It's man. a walk like, through the park. You really got to up the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that that's like, I got to say, for people still playing 5e, one of the best things you can do is never have a solo monster. Never, 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 never. never, never. They're going to get mobbed so hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the fight, as soon as there's one person left, the fight is over. Yeah. Like, that's it. They might get a little bit of damage on somebody and that could be meaningful, but like, Mm -hmm. who gives a shit? (laughs) Right, right, right. So that's, that's the basics. Those are the major big differences that you're going to see jumping over to this system. Yeah. Or, you know, just trying this system out if you're used to to more, you know, D&D or D&D-like stuff. Um, Next Pathfinder episode, we can go over like character creation from, from... from A to Z, we'll start at the beginning. We'll build, I don't know, like a level nine character or whatever. Maybe not that high. Level five yeah, character. Okay. Do some character um, creation. Yeah, yeah that'll be fun. That's not off the table for the show either yeah. at, at any level. Um, although we're going to stop building 5e characters, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any uh, subclasses we're going to be covering anytime yeah, we, soon. Yeah, we did so. our Lunar Sorcery episode. Yeah, that's that was, probably the last one we do for a while. Yeah, yeah. and we had uh, recorded that before the OGL thing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think... Take it from me. Like, if you guys have been listening to this show and playing D&D for about the same amount of time I have and, like, listening to Will tell us lore and teach us the game and shit, like, this is not as scary as you might think it is. No, it's certainly not. Yeah, it, certainly it was not. when we were character building, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I I am here. I know what I'm doing yeah. pretty much. Yeah. And, like, Will was there with any questions about the niche things. And they had a really cool, um, like, online character builder. Yes, yes. There's an online character builder that is, uh, it's mostly free to use. Uh, it's got a desktop version or uh, an Android version. Mm-hmm. It's called Path Builder. Um, for some of the more, like, niche or, like, advanced stuff, uh, there is a little bit of fee. I think I paid two ninety nine for the uh, for the app, and I paid five ninety nine for the other thing. But I did that because I, I was curious and I wanted to. It was not necessary. I didn't have to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can you can build characters, save characters. Um, I I highly recommend get in there and start messing around, and you're gonna get really excited about the stuff you can make. Yeah, for a one time fee, that's like that's not a lot yeah. of money. And again, it is free. You don't actually need to pay that. Fee. Right. Yeah. That 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 is the cool thing. Like. Um, you can you can do this thing from the ground up without a dollar. So yeah, that, that yeah. is kind of cool. I will say the one drawback of Path Builder is for all the iOS uh, Apple users, mm-hmm. there is not a version that works for that. I'm not sure why, but it doesn't exist. There's probably I wonder if it'll like get those versions because of the hype around Pathfinder right they now, might, and like people might. putting money into that app is gonna make it more readily readily available you yeah know, they it might could be, able be to make an ios version which might be part of the problem it's not funded enough to do that i'm just yeah. speculating yeah yeah that's all speculation and everything you said could be uh, yeah. I guess we'll, we'll find out we'll find out <laughs> but, um uh, check out pathfinder it uh, my my character building experience was a lot of fun yeah so let's get ready for a long rest okay Hey everybody, welcome to The Long Rest. This is the part of the show where we sit back and read shit. We, that's right, we got letters, Will. We got letters. Um, we do have a P.O. box. It's in the description below. I don't have it memorized, but um, you can definitely check it out there. That's podcast, YouTube. They're, they're, they're down in the notes. So if you guys want to send us stuff, you want to send us a letter or postcard, we'll read it. You want to send us a wedding invitation, we'll try to go. 
Yeah, absolutely. Probably sure. won't, but we will try. The the closer it is to where I live, the higher the chance. <laughs> yeah, is all I'll say. Um, we will say that we have been to a wedding. You will. Well, you did. did. You yeah, got I to did. go. I got to go. And there's another one that like I really want to go, and I'm going to try to make. It I happen. think I'm going. Yeah, I, I I want to go very very badly. So <laughs> it's going to be. Fun. I will do everything I can to make sure. It um. So, um. But back to the letters. We we got letters. Well, one of them was a package, which was really oh. cool. I'm going to read the letter first, and then we can, we'll talk about what came in the package. Oh, okay. Uh, and sorry, we didn't read this last batch of recordings, like the last two episodes before it's this. It's been a crazy month. It got wild in January for us, yes. and we had to learn new games. So yeah. <laughs> that took a bunch of time, and then we just sort of forgot with the uproar. I definitely did. This is kind of my thing. So uh, I got the first letter here, which which came in the package, so we'll, we'll talk about that first. Hello, William and Brian. Hello. My name is Anthony, Hi, Anthony, and I've been a fan of the show since 2017. Ooh, early on. Yeah. I've watched every episode multiple times since, and I can still remember the first episode I heard. It was the Building a Dungeon episode, a popular episode, uh, which I found looking for advice on running my first homebrew games. I have been the forever GM in just about all groups, all of the groups I've been a part of, and have forever been so grateful for your show. The monster lore has always been great for helping me prep games and create villains. I've wanted to send you guys something for a cool while, uh, something cool for a while now, but haven't been able to, uh, to until now. So I was recently buying a few gargantuan scaled monster minis, and a few days after you guys released the Dragon Turtles episode. And I happen to be ordering a Dragon Turtle for pir- for a Pirates-themed campaign I've been running for the last six months. Uh, since you guys love Dragon Turtles, I decided to order an extra one just for you guys. Uh, the reason it took me so long to deliver was because it took about two to three weeks uh, for me to receive the mini. Then I hand-painted it and mixed the paints myself, and there were a few times I messed up and had to try to redo the paint mixtures or repaint the entire thing. Oh, uh, no. After I finished the Dragon Turtle, I took about a week and a half bef- off before I returned to finishing painting the base. So anyways, I hope you guys like how it came out and hope you guys get to enjoy using it in the game. I have another paragraph to read, but oh, I did yeah. not realize that that was hand-painted. It looks great. You yes. did a great job. Number one, yes, you did a great job. But yeah, 90% of the time, minis come not painted. Yes, I, so, do, know, yeah. I do know that. Yeah, um, it, I was like, wow, this is a uniquely covered... Tarrasque. I love it. Yeah. Well, it's a dragon turtle. Oh, it's it's dragon actually turtle. That's an ancient is. dragon turtle. Oh, this thing sick. is wicked huge and awesome. I uh, love the spike, the giant spike coming out from above its head. And yeah, the colors are great. I love the greens. Green's my favorite color, so good choice. Nice. Um, also, you see the fins coming out of those things, front arms? Hell yeah. yeah. I mean, look at that. <laughs> the great right shark that's been eaten in half in the <laughs> front of this awesome. thing. It's I didn't even notice badass. that. Badass. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much. Uh, we we had it up front at our YouTube video, we but um, we have a bunch of Pathfinder books in front of it right we're gonna now. We're going to keep it so, up front for a bit. Yeah. Next, we're going to keep it up front for a bit. So if you guys are willing to look at it, check it out next week. You'll probably it'll probably be a little more visible. I didn't have like a way to to bump it up above the Pathfinder books without it kind of messing stuff up. But um, it's up here with, with Demogorgon. And for people worried about Demogorgon uh, being a mainstay on the show, don't. Our Dark Lord's not going anywhere. Don't. don't he worry. transcends. Don't worry. He finds a way. He's got two brains. Uh, I'm hoping this makes it. Uh, I'm back to the letter now. I'm hoping this makes it to you guys by the Mephistopheles episode. Uh-oh. <laughs> because, and that's not necessarily your fault. It's partly uh, circumstance. That it did not. Uh, the Mephistopheles episode, because I've actually been using him as one of the main villains for my pirate campaign. Uh, him and his cult make sure 
the people of this Tortuga-like city-state corrupt. And I even typed out a full p- three-page infernal contract for my players to sign. Wow, Ooh, that's, nice. that would be wild to get that slapped down in front of me at a game. Uh, <laughs> which they did uh, when they made a Faustian deal with him, and he and he's become uh, my group's favorite villain in recent memory. I would not have been able to roleplay him or any other Archdukes and their associates without your show. And I just want you guys to know that you are very much appreciated. Shout out to Dima Gorgon. Shout out to Dima Shout Gorgon. Out to Dima Gorgon. <laughs> Sincerely, Anthony uh, Gerbil. Thank you, Anthony. That was that was awesome. That was a wonderful letter and an even better uh, mini. This thing looks so cool. Yeah, Anthony, you're pretty rad, dude. Yeah, um, thanks, great man. job painting the mini. Um, it looks great. Sorry, we took a little while to, to get to the PO box and open it up, but we're slow about. Definitely a lot of was worth here. the wait. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we try not to be. It's okay. We got Thank you. Thank you very much. We appreciate it Thanks, so much. Thanks, Anthony. Yeah. Uh, like I said, if you guys want to send something to the P.O. Box, go for it. We'll, we'll read it on the show. I'm, I actually have another letter from the P.O. Box. I have no idea how old it is, but um, I'm going to open it now because I haven't opened it yet. I guess I should have opened it. I mean, it's okay. I mean, yeah. you know what? If it's, if it, well, I'm not going to say anything. You go right ahead. Oh, whoa, it looks cool. Yeah, so I'm <laughs> I'm opening up like a card out of this envelope. It's a Christmas theme, but there's also a giant cat ca- chasing a, uh, a young girl with a red scarf. It's Mikasa mm-hmm. from Attack on Titan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot. There's stuff in here. Oh, what? Okay, oh, this whoa. is exciting, whoa, whoa, whoa. and I like, what I, I'm like what I'm seeing so far. Oh, cool. These pictures are cool. Okay, I'm going to get to the letter. William and Brian, cheers. Thank you for doing what you do. I only started listening to your shows after Labor Day this year, but I've blasted through about two-thirds of the Dungeon Cast episodes and all of SuperQuest Saga. Whoa. That is Whoa. impressive. Awesome. That's what the next word is. Awesome. <laughs> Exclamation point. You both do a great job, and Josh and Jake were amazing on the campaign show. They really were. They are uh, amazing. Keep yes. doing great work. Thank you. Uh, the next page, or uh, next page, the next side of the card is got this Christmas card from Storm Crow Manor in Toronto. To yo, nice. if you have ever, uh, if you are ever over this way, you have to go. And I will also be attending a Toronto Maple Leafs game if I'm up there too. Ooh. Uh, so that might be a thing. I've always wanted to go to Canada. Me too. Beautiful place. Me too. Free healthcare. Mm. Uh, work hard so that you. Oh, this is the card text. Uh, work hard so that you can have. Uh, new clothes by Christmas. <laughs> if you don't, you might be eaten by a giant cat. Yeah, that's what's going on in the that front. That is what is going on in the yeah. front. Okay, so we sh- we need to display this card next episode as Definitely. well. Definitely. So yeah. check out the front uh, the, on the YouTube episode below us, in the front of us, I guess. You'll Closer to the camera. You guys get what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, next episode, they'll be on display. Uh, hope you all find time to relax and recharge this holiday season. Cheers from Greg. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Greg. Love and the card. Greg has included um, photos. I'm pretty sure where he was. Where where was it again? Let's not actually show these photos. No, the no, no. They're for us. Yeah, for us. These photos are for us. Uh, from Storm Crow Manor. I'm going to assume that's where he was. Whoa, when he took these that's photos. an awesome beholder on the wall. Yeah. So it's uh, who I assume is Greg in the photo. Yeah. Or maybe It'd be it's weird a if it wasn't Greg. Greg. Maybe Greg is a photographer. Maybe it's Greg's friend. Could be Greg's friend. <laughs> Greg, let us know if this is you or not. Um, we're assuming it's you, but yeah. I love this picture. Oh, there's with something you written on the back. Is this a gnome? Oh, being accosted by a troll in Norway, Epcot. This is a troll. Let me see. I, would, I guess a gnome, but the troll makes sense. I mean, yes, it is very large. It is, it is definitely a troll. Well, I, scale wise, it's <laughs> large. Yeah. Get off my It's a very classic troll. It's a very, like, old folklore troll. Wow, this would be a fucking cool thing to have on my wall, dog. Yeah, that beholder looks awesome. This is cool. 
really cool. What does it say in the back? Uh, on the back, it says, being watched <laughs> at dinner mm. at Stormcrow Manor in That's Toronto. That's really cool. T-O? Stormcrow Manor. Sounds awesome. Wow, thanks for sharing, Greg. This this stuff's really cool. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Uh, like I said, if you guys want to send us some stuff to read on the show, we, will. Um, we always really appreciate it. You can guys send us anything we want. We got like a Xanathar mini. Not too, Oh, well, it's been a while it's now. A while, yeah. You're the beholder, but we have that on, on display in the background. Um, so if you guys send us some stuff, it'll be, it'll be up. Um, D20 Collective sent us some sick ass dice. Those will be up here too. Uh, hoping to do more stuff with them in the future. So keep posted on that. Um, yeah, we said this thing about Patreon, patreon.com slash dungeoncast. If you guys want to support, there's a myriad of ways to support us. Uh, and you've, you've made it to this part of the episode. So thank you for doing the most important thing, which is listening to the show. Tell your friends. Leave an iTunes review. I saw iTunes reviews come in again. Yeah, it's been cool. Um, we've been getting them consistently. Thank you guys so much. It, it, it super duper helps. Um, and if you've been thinking about it, stop thinking about it and act on it. Don't be scared. <laughs> it's it's a few clicks away, and it makes my day. We get a, we get a little email report about um, which ones come in. So we do read them all. Indeed we do. Um, yeah, so th- thank you guys so much. Um, what's up, man? Do we got... Other things? No, like, I think that that wraps it up. I think we call it a game. Fucking popping, indeed. Um, check out Diversity Saves, a great um, a great organization that um, donates to uh, they give grants to LGBTQ plus um, creators to mm-hmm. help them get started in the in the TTRPG community, space. and I think that's yeah. fucking cool. It is really cool, uh, and it's run by uh, some really great friends of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually went into their Discord, and uh, I was greeted by our our, our friend Matt. From a from our Hochi Hell episode. Oh, nice! Yeah, it's like, yeah. hey, it's good to see. Oh, fuck! There's a bunch of people at Leap was in there. Like, there's a bunch of people that um, we've been working with that are just like in there. Like, yeah. oh yeah, hell yeah, yeah. this is yeah. cool. Well, I know I'm gonna get along with everybody here. So very <laughs> it's true, fucking awesome, very true. And I, I'm willing to bet that you guys will too. So uh, yeah, check that out. Um, Demon Gorgon's not going anywhere. Those are those are important things. Check out Pathfinder. Um, it's still gonna be Year of the Artifact. That hasn't yes. changed. Yes, that has not changed. Yeah, not a lot actually ended up changing, which was no nice, no. except for like well, everything changed. So one of the things that changed, um, the is... Fire Nation, they fucking attacked. <laughs> they super did. God damn this it, Fire was Nation. something that uh, you and I have been talking about for a while was integrating other systems into the show because yeah. there's so much more to the TTRPG world than D and D. But we were lazy about it. Change is difficult. We have a lot on our plate. And then this the happened. Wizards forced it, us to change. Lit a fire up under our asses, and now here we are. Now I know two and a half new systems. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, I'm still in the middle of my yeah. cipher reading, but I'm going to get there. It's just a lot. Yeah. A I, lot. I'll tell you what. Like, I'm excited to talk about the Pathfinder 2nd Edition stuff, obviously. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I'm going to try and make some time, probably in more like May or June-ish, to get a few episodes to talk about Dungeon Crawl cl- Classics because it's my newest obsession. Neat. I'm excited about this system. Yeah. But anyways, There's let's a call lot it a cool game. Stuff out there. Let's call it a game. Let's do it. The Dungeon Cast. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.